Gryffindors. Hola, Ravenclaws. No, it doesn't. It does. There's no alliteration there. I I got nothing though. Hola, Hermione's. Logical though. The sides of the car. Oh yeah, that's totally off. logical. <laughs> this the bus shrinks and moves and stretches and bends and the people in it go. It's kind of trippy. So you know I don't like trippy. The Batman thing is more logical than. A movie based on a book that's all about magic <laughs> shrink shrinking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, that makes no sense. That's very clear, Daniel. Okay. Very clear. Well, let me uh, recap us where we left off, and then Jess is going to take the lead on this chapter. She wrote copious notes, so I only now you ha- only have little tiny to look at. Oh, a little tiny. It's like three quarters of a page. three fourths of a page instead of a page and a half. So you saved me about fifty percent of my work. So appreciate you. No problem. Let me recap where we're at in the last chapter. When we last left off Harry Potter, he had uh, Violet Beauregarded Aunt Marge for our friend Kelly up in New York. Her favorite movie is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, I got in trouble for that. Mm-hmm. I got in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah, she wasn't happy with the fact that you didn't care for that film. She said that I was, like, trashing it. I didn't trash it. I just said I didn't like it. Mm. She said we couldn't be friends anymore. But I did watch it that night that I was up sick. Mm -hmm. And you thought it was great. No, I still don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I fast-forwarded through all the songs because it was really... And Marge is uh, currently plumped up and floating in the Dursleys' living room. And Harry grabs his belongings, minus Hedwig, who went to stay with the the Weasleys, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they sent her off ahead of time because Marge was coming. And Harry backs out of the house at one point. <laughs> Nobody move. Nobody come after me. Nobody follow me. And he's pretty shaken at this point because the last time, it wasn't even him. It was a house elf that showed up and did, did some magic in his house. And he nearly got expelled for that. Yeah. This time, he's feeling like he's going to get expelled for sure because he actually did some magic, some pretty significant magic. Yes. He left a muggle lady floating in the living room. Okay, now see, also in the movies, though, it, she like gets, somehow gets out of the house. Mm. And she's like literally floating away. Sure. So I don't even know what they did there to catch her, but at least this time she was con- in the book, she was contained. In well, the in house. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then the, the first movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, I believe the Oompa Loompas had to take her out and uh, squeeze her. Yeah, and they just like rolled her out. <laughs> yeah, she wouldn't float. Expel all the juices. The floating from her. was when Charlie and his grandpa went in that bubble room, mm-hmm. and then they floated up to the fan. See, Kelly, mm-hmm. I watched the movie, mm-hmm. and they almost got caught in the fan, but then they had to burp. Gotcha. And let the air out, and then they gotcha. came down. So maybe Marge just needs to burp. Maybe, or pass gas. Yeah. Mm. 
be dangerous. <laughs> when she does it, she goes flying around the room <laughs> like, like a balloon. Like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry is not in a good place at the beginning of this chapter. So what is Harry's big plan? Take us away for your notes in chapter well, three here. Essentially, he's run away from home, which, you know, is a classic kid move. His is just on a whole another level. So he's got his stuff, like you said. He's running away from home. He, he apparently lugged his truck, his trunk several blocks, several streets over before he kind of had to stop and... He's not a big kid. Which is a lot for and a kid who weighs like 85 pounds. <laughs> I was going to say like 60. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then his trunk, he's got all his books and everything in it. So yeah, he stops, catches breath, and assess the situation. You have to stop and assess the situation. Sure. So he's trying to come up with what what can he do? He's pretty sure he's gotten expelled, like mm-hmm. you said. If not worse, he's a little worried he's going to go to Azkaban. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they did mention that he was worried about getting arrested. And yeah. not And not muggle arrested. Not muggle, yeah. no. Wizard Well, he's a little worried about that, too. He's like, I can't just stay here all night. The muggle police will come by and be like, well, hey, kid, what are you doing? But, yeah, he was kind of waiting for the Ministry of Magic people to pop out of the sky and arrest him and take him to Azkaban. Because when Dobby dropped the pudding or whatever mm-hmm. on Vernon's boss's wife. wife. Yeah. There was an owl there within seconds. Yep. <laughs> and this time we have filled Aunt Marge with some kind of magical helium. <laughs> and fled the scene. I'm mm-hmm. sure that makes it worse. And threatened muggles. <laughs> at one point. With uh, with our wands on, on the way out. Oh, goodness. And there hasn't been anything showed up yet. So he's, nope. he's a little worried, though. Yeah. So he's planning his his next move mm-hmm. but you know ron and hermione are abroad she can't just call on them to help him plus he doesn't have hedwig to send any messages he's figuring he's got lot, he doesn't have any muggle money for transportation but he's got wizard money in his bank so if he could just get to Diagon alley and get his his fortune mm-hmm. i think it even says fortune mm-hmm. that's what i wrote in my notes too. in and then he could just Get all his money and go on the run. That's He's what literally I put, planning on going on the run. Yeah, I put in my notes. I said his plan is to get to Gringotts, withdraw his fortune, and live on the run pretty much outcast. forever. Yeah, because just, he can't can't go back to to Hogwarts, obviously, and he may be even in more trouble. You know what's what's worse than being kicked out of school is going to literally the worst place in wizarding in the wizarding world. <laughs> Which I'm sure we're going to learn more about in this book because the cha- uh, the Azkaban. title is called The Prisoner of Azkaban. We learned a little bit in this chapter, too, about mm-hmm. the defenses that Azkaban has and the... the we're kind of teased on yeah. it. I don't know if we learned a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, just a little bit, uh, but about like how, the, how feared the guards of Azkaban are and, and things like that. But he, he is... He's really planning on just being a... You know, an outlaw on the run for the for the rest of his life. That's my plan. If I, could, if I could just get to Gringotts, then I could get my money, and I can start a new life. Get he's, out of he's here. He's going to be Perry Hotter living yeah. in uh, Ecuador or something like that. So, but he still has to get to his fortune. Mm-hmm. So he decides, basically, this is the only option he has. He, you know, he can't get in any more trouble. So if he just does a little bit more magic... 
He you could. What's the worst that's gonna happen? He could bewitch his trunk to make it light as a feather, mm-hmm. and then put the invisibility cloak over him and his broomstick. I don't think he'd cover the trunk though, too. So it'd just be like a flying trunk. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna get on his broomstick and fly to Diagon Alley. So he's digging around his trunk trying to get his stuff together, and he he feels somebody watching him. And in the shadows, there's something. He doesn't know what it is. Later, he kind of says, whatever it is, it's black, it's massive, and he thought it looked like a dog. Mm -hmm. Um, But before he really gets a chance to investigate, he accidentally flags down the night bus. Now, how does one one flag down a night bus? (laughs) Um, Apparently, you just stick your wand hand out. So, how often do you think that wizards accidentally flag down the... Like if they're just like giving directions to somebody and say, oh, you need to go this way down the street. And then the night bus just shows up. And like, oh, no, 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 no. I was, I was, just, I was just gesturing. Showing. I was just showing him. Uh, or there was a, a bug. I was shooing the bug mm-hmm. away. I don't know. That's part of, or maybe I, there's not enough logic with the night bus for me. Maybe that's part of my problem. But um, I don't know. I think it has to have something to do with the fact that he was stranded. Stranded, yeah. So whether he he didn't have the intent mm-hmm. to actually flag down the night bus, but the intent was there that I'm stranded, I need help, and he stuck out his hand. I wish Uber was like that. Yeah. Like Uber could sense when you <laughs> when you need uh, a quick pickup. Yeah. When you need to get out real quick. And just bang, they're there. No, but I mean, there should be a. You think night bus like has an app? Uh, no, I don't no. think magic and technology really mesh. Mm. Oh wait, that's from Shadowhunters. Oh, I would say uh, Mr. Uh, Weasley would uh, uh, try it. Yeah, he would. He would try to figure something like that. He goes, "If we could only mesh the technology, <laughs> the magic, or the the wonderful technology that these humans have with magic," and I think that's what they became. That's this, what became Uber. These were written prior to smartphones, though, weren't they? Yeah. Like. No yeah. iPhones, but like... Oh man, if iPhones were out when this book came out, like, Mr. Weasley would have just... His head would have exploded. <laughs> like, what is this thing, Harry? Not that the Dursers would have bought Harry an iPhone. Now, can you get, the like, a digital subscription to the Daily Profit? Do they, do they have, like, a like an online service? No, they don't. Like the Wall Street they Journal? They don't really have computers or tablets or anything. Yeah, it seems like a missed world. opportunity. It might be a way, way to up those uh, subscriber numbers a little bit. Just saying. Just saying. But I guess if you're, like, the only newspaper in the wizarding world, you kind of have a monopoly on it. Yeah. You could really just kind of charge whatever you want and do whatever you want <laughs> with this is it. true. I think I think maybe the the FCC or whoever does that needs to look into that because I don't think monopolies are are legal, but maybe they are in the wizarding world. Yeah, they they have their own rules. I would make a competing newspaper. What would you call it? I'll, I'll get back to you by the end of the show. I'll get back to you by the end of the show. We'll try to come up with something All right, clever. You come up with something clever. All right. So the three decker purple night bus has shown up. And Stan comes off. Stan Shunpike? Yes. And um, he's apparently not much older than Harry. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's like Hogwarts dropout or... They said he had like acne on his face. Yeah. Or pimples, I think they said. Yeah. I was like, I'm like 40. I still got pimples on my face. So that, that doesn't <laughs> mean anything. Much. 
I don't know, maybe Harry's not a good judge of people's age, but he thinks that the kid's like 18 or 19. I'm a horrible judge of people's age, by the way. I do. Yeah. And I don't, like, don't even know. I'm like, how old are fourth graders? I hate when people say, uh, how old do you think I am? And I'm like, you don't want me to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know, 60? 60? They're like, I'm 28! Oh. Like, mm, life's been hard to you. <laughs> Sorry about that. So we said, uh, I think it, it bears, meant, you know, just to kind of go back, Harry thinks he sees that dog. Mm-hmm. You and I, actually, I, I do know. You know? <laughs> I actually know. You know? From watching the movies, but uh, we're not going to talk about that yet. Mm-hmm. But I think it bears repeating that that's going to be a something that we shouldn't forget about later on in the book. But... You know how many times I want to say that, but I just don't because I don't want to be too much of a sure. spoiler giveaway. Yeah, and especially for me. Who but I try there's... and make sure that I do mention it. So, like, if you're doing it mm-hmm. and then you don't mention it, I try and make sure it gets like, slipped oh, in. Like, oh, don't forget about this later yeah. on. It's called foreshadowing. Yeah. That's why you're the best in the business. So, I got to ask a question about Stan Shunpike before you go on. Oh, I thought you were going to... You were having a fun time impersonating him earlier okay so <laughs> when he introduces himself yeah i was totally fine with that seemed pretty normal lingo but after the initial introduction of himself it was almost like as the chapter went on his vernacular got way more difficult to understand I know my uncle used to always say it, picking on me all the time, you know, when I was young and, you know, we'd be fishing, you know, he said, come on, let's get going, it's hoi toy on the sand soil, last night the waterfall, night moonshine, no fish, what you putting my uncle with? Well, but the first part is like a spiel uh-huh. that he says. Sure. So it's like a rehearsed speech. Well, maybe, so maybe he that's needs why his... to have everything be rehearsed <laughs> because by the time we got to the end of the chapter, I couldn't, I was having a really hard time. I had to reread like his stuff like two or three times to know what he was saying. There was only one part that I misread, and I was like, "Wait, that doesn't make sense." And I went back, and I'm like, "That word, I think, is supposed to be something else." Yeah, I, I don't know if that was a, a purposeful thing by the author, or if that was—I don't know. I, I really don't know how to because it literally felt like as the chapter went on. He got harder to understand. Yeah, his it's almost like if uh, if you ever been watching a movie and somebody's doing like a, an accent, and then they'll say like your accent's slipping. <laughs> it's like they're there's they're doing it. They're getting a little too loose with uh, what they're saying, and their their accent starting to go. It seems like his the the ability for me to understand his English <laughs> like went on got lower as the chapter went on and maybe that was just like me getting more tired <laughs> my brain you, you did take a nap my brain afterwards. my brain was uh my brain was worn out from trying to figure out what was going what he was saying but i don't know i just felt like that was worth mentioning to me i don't know if that was just me or if that was you because you mentioned something about wasn't it hagrid in the first book that was had had a few uh lines that were like that yeah his was hard to understand too mm-hmm couple of times they get almost like hurt to read his bad English. Gotcha. So we're on the bus now. We're on the bus, which is a deal. Yeah. 
Deals. Great. There's all kinds of deals on the night bus. Well, it's like... Uh, so, 11 sickles uh-huh. to get him to London. Uh-huh. 14, and you get a hot chocolate Now, with was it. it 14 or... I, it said 13. 13? F-I-R-T. Oh, is I it? interpret that as 14. Okay, and I interpreted it as 13. 13? <laughs> <laughs> he said 13. You get a trip and a hot chocolate. <laughs> and then for... 15? 15 is what I put. Hot water bottle and a toothbrush. Of the color of your choice. choice. Yeah. Deals. Now, why would I well, need why would I, I need think, a toothbrush? Well, because some people, it's the night bus. They're staying the night and you, you know. No toothpaste, though? No, you don't need toothpaste. Okay, so, you don't need toothpaste. so if you go on uh, the, a plane, they give you like peanuts and, you know, pretzels Juice, or yeah. something like that. What if the next time they said, um, what would you like to drink? And uh, what color toothbrush would you like? Like, toothbrush? Yeah, it's just a thing we do. Yeah, it's just, just so you South- get off with fresh little, breath. little Southwest Airlines toothbrush. We don't give toothpaste or anything. But if you but... spend the night on the bus and you wake up and you got morning breath, you need to brush your teeth. With what? The, the water. <laughs> hot water? Well, it's probably not hot anymore. By the next morning, it's, it's room temperature water. <laughs> I'd brush my teeth with the hot cocoa. <laughs> Yeah, do that. Oh, do oh that. yeah, that'd be gross, right? <laughs> Why would that be gross? It wouldn't make them clean. It it would be. I don't know what it would be. I don't. It, know. it wouldn't be good. gross though. It tastes good, but then you'd have brown teeth, and I don't know. I don't know. We're getting off topic again. So anyway, Stan's a little rough in the beginning because Harry fell down. He's like, "What are you doing down there? Why'd you do that? Why'd you fall down?" It's it was just. I don't know. Maybe it's just his character. I don't like and. On the night bus, and we have to deal with him. He does ask Harry what his name is. Yes, and Harry, being in outlaw on the run mode, he needs a gives an alias. He needs an alias, and the first name he can think of is Neville Longbottom. <laughs> Poor Neville! Come on, Harry's like committing crimes mm-hmm. with in his using name. Neville's name. Yeah, I I totally forgotten about that until just now. So the night bus. It kind of just has like a bunch of like little cots in it. Bed? No, not cots. Beds. Like nice These are beds? full brass beds. Now, do they have like little curtains that to, like in between? It doesn't say that, but okay. that would be nice. Just a bunch of beds you can just lay down, and they wake you up when when your stops here. Yeah. Okay. Stan will run up, and I'm sure it's not pleasant. Because there's a few people already on the bus. Yeah. Well, there's only like one guy on the main level where Harry's at, but mm-hmm. apparently there's lots of people upstairs. Sure. Because they just keep making stops and more more and more people get off. And they're all in their pajamas. But I guess that'd be a handy way to travel. You could just be like, alright, put your pajamas on, go to sleep, and wake up, and you're where you're supposed to be. I've thought about doing that, like, on the Amtrak. <laughs> they have those, uh, they're really expensive, though. You get the, the... Sleeper cars. Yeah, the sleeper cars. I was like, man, I could just lay down and just, like... Go to sleep. Take, like, a five-hour nap and wake up in Chicago or Kansas City or something like that. It's very it. it's very expensive though. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the train is actually a pretty good deal, but when you get into the sleeper car level, like you might as well fly at that point and get there in thirty minutes. So we also meet Ernie, the driver. And Earn he calls him. Earn, yeah. Earn, because we're pressed for time. Right. You know, you can't say Ernie. Anyway, so the bus takes people all over the place. We kind of talked about that and how it jumps the curb and 
everything has to jump out of its way. That's just including trees. Even. Trees, like up, yeah. Trees uproot. How? See, this isn't logical. Uh, magic isn't logical, Jessica. You need to open your mind, man. You gotta have some kind of logic. Apparently, the bus makes a big bang noise and like lurches forward every time it jumps places. And so Harry's like, I can sleep on this. How do people sleep on this? So he doesn't try to go to sleep. Instead, he sits there and talks to Stan. Mm -hmm. And Stan's reading the newspaper. And right there on the cover, or on the front page, which is facing Harry, is a picture of Sirius Black, the wanted man. Harry recognizes him from the Muggle news, mm -hmm. which kind of surprises him. Why was he on the Muggle news? But um, they have a little talk about it, and that's where we learn a little bit more about Azkaban and Sirius. And Sirius is apparently the first person to escape from ever. Azkaban yeah. ever. It doesn't happen. And that's why they're all you know, extra freaked out. Mm -hmm. Because how could this possibly happen? And they were... He must be an amazing wizard if he can get out of yeah, Azkaban. And, and Stan kind of even brings Urn into the conversation. conversation a little bit when they were talking about the... The guards will, the Azkaban guards will, will get them because they've never lost somebody, and they They're must be really, really upset about it. But Ernie even kind of shudders when he just yeah. when he talks about the Azkaban guards. So we get the sense that they are very scary individuals that you don't want to mess with, and that they are going to be super determined to get back what belongs in Azkaban. Yes. If their their prisoner kind of fix their reputation too. So I wanted to ask you about the the fact that Sirius Black Escape from Azkaban is in the Muggle News and also in the Daily Prophet because this seems like it's not an everyday occurrence. They even mentioned that the uh, Minister of Magic, I guess that's still Cornelius Fudge. Mm -hmm. Um, had to get the 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 Muggle British Prime Minister um, involved Lord, yeah. with this, I guess to kind of um, make their open their their net a little bit. Well, and to warn Muggles that he's dangerous, um, so you know they know to kind of stay away from him, mm -hmm. not engage with him or anything. Um, it's for their protection too. And we find out in this chapter, Harry finds out that. Sirius is in prison. He was a follower of you-know-who. Mm -hmm. And um, they kind of allude to he got really upset when when well, Voldemort got... <gasps> Don't say it. I know. It freaks Stan out. Um, when Voldemort got lost his powers when he went to go attack Harry. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird because, you know, he's standing right there. But they, he talks about him like he's not. Because um, he doesn't know because it's Neville. Anyway, um, but Sirius kind Sirius was supposedly one of Voldemort's closest followers, yeah. almost kind of like his uh, heir to the yeah. throne. They, they, they kind of said that he would be the one that would take over, and if anything happened to Voldemort, and he. They said that they were rounding up the followers and that they cornered him. Right. And he blew up half a street. Right. He like did he he did some curse that uh, took out s several wizards and like uh, eleven or twelve. Models. One wizard, 
and 12 muggles. Mm-hmm. So it's 13. He killed, he killed 13 people, one wizard, 12 muggles, and then stood there and laughed about it. Right. And that was probably a big process to clean up that mess, too, as far as, you know, men in black mind wiping, flashing thinging, <laughs> you know, lots of people and probably not just the people involved there but probably the families of like the people involved and coming up with stories and everything to explain that away. They said it was a gas explosion. Right. Which that works. That would make sense. But I guess I guess if you don't look into it too carefully I mean you would think that it wouldn't take an investigation team very much effort to figure out figure out out that it wasn't there's just a lot of bases you have to cover when when muggles are hurt by wizards i just think that it's it's it would it's a nightmare to try to contain that and that's why that i think that sirius is so important here i just i thought it was kind of cool that the muggle prime minister is aware that magic exists it's kind of like when you become president and you you learn all these secrets, mm-hmm. like you learn where like is area it, yeah, where exactly area where thinking. area fifty one is and like you know who shot JFK and all these things that you can't tell anybody, but as president you are you need to know yeah aware of all this stuff so you know where all the you know the alien spaceships are kept and, <laughs> and the I thought it was really cool that the the Mughal prime minister is aware that magic exists. And there's this other community that, mm-hmm. that they have to coexist right. with, but they really not do. really, co- you know, right. have to secretly coexist right. with. They have to coexist like behind the scenes, kind of like a, like a, almost like an Illuminati, like running the, the country, you know, between the, between the two of them. So it must be super important in order to bring in the Mughal uh, faction of the, of the government. And they explained it, that this serious black character is armed that he has a a gun well he's proven that he'll kill muggles so that you know it's really only fair to warn muggles that they're in danger and they even said in the i think i maybe was stan in the chapter that said that he they told people in the muggle papers that he's carrying a gun which is they said it's like a, a silver wand that muggles use to kill each other or something like that, or wand type thing that muggles use. I thought that was that was interesting. They have to explain guns too. Right, that it's uh, that muggles use to kill each other. Right, that you it's know because so, they do that all the time. They just kill each other. You you think that the wizarding world is so aware yeah. of everything because. But no, they're really not. They really... No, you think they are. I know they're not. <laughs> so I'm like, no, they don't even know what a dry cleaner is. Oh, That's why okay. there's no wizarding dry cleaners. Okay. Well, I guess I I get the impression that like the wizarding community is so much more advanced because of their... You would think that their minds are so open because of the things that they can do and the things that they've seen. But we've seen with like Mr. Weasley how easily impressed he is by muggle technology and how easily he he falls in love with you know the concepts that that muggles can come up with so the fact you know that you are a non-magic person if you were made aware of of all these crazy things that magicians can do it blows your mind but it goes the other way too Mm. they 
you know, the majority of people in the wizarding world really have no concept I think it's of easier, what muggle life is like. It's easier for them to be secluded because then they can do their, their thing without mm-hmm. fear of muggles seeing them mm-hmm. and finding out about them. So it's just easier for them to live way out like the Weasleys live way out in the country far away from their neighbors so they don't have to to deal with that or they talk about all wizarding villages where it's just wizards that live there so how does somebody like Hermione process everything it seems like she would be almost like the perfect person like somebody who's muggle muggle born you know somebody who grew up with all these you know muggle things in their life but yet she's so well read that she's very up on things in the wizarding world even though she hasn't been a witch for very long Mm -hmm. so she's not wouldn't be like too put off by by any of this you know back and forth between the two it seemed like she would be like a perfect person to be like the liaison yeah exactly exactly yeah, exactly. Uh, Arthur Weasley would not be the perfect person. No. I mean, he would try. He would be very eager he to try. He would love to try, but he would not be the perfect person. And Maybe I th- he could be Hermione's assistant. And I think Harry will eventually get there, but he's still so surprised by the magical stuff. He's still more comfortable, I think, with everyday muggle stuff mm-hmm. because that's where he spent the majority of his life, not even being aware the magic exists. And then something like the night bus shows up and he's... Uh, what is this? And Hermione probably knows all about the night oh, bus. Oh, I'm sure she I'm does. I'm sure she's read yeah. it somewhere. I'm sure she read, like, uh, the night bus chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> By Stan. <laughs> By Stanislaw Slikowski, who was a great wizard in 1432 in uh, Lat- Latvia. Stan's great, 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 great grandfather. Sure. All right, so we finally reach Harry's stop. He wants to go. It's his turn, so Stan's is where to. And he says, Diagon Alley. And we bang, bang, boom, we get there. And uh, Harry gets off the bus. Bye, Stan. Bye, Neville. Going to kill a few hours before Diagon Alley opens up. Yeah, yeah, it's just barely dawn. So he's got to lay low for a couple hours and go get his fortune and... I don't know where life. he's going. He doesn't really have a plan. I told plan you he's after going that. to Ecuador. No. <laughs> he says then go somewhere. He Darkest doesn't know Peru. where. Darkest Peru. All mm-hmm. right. Gonna be with uh, Paddington and his family. <laughs> but somebody's there waiting for him. Purple pointy boots? Purple point well bottle green suit. Yeah, he didn't have he he ditch the purple pointy boots. Yeah. Well, it doesn't say what his boots are, but he's wearing a bottle green suit. So, Mr. Cornelius Fudge, Minister of Magic himself. Yeah. Guy who got a whole chapter devoted to him and really was kind of a meh character. (laughs) But he's that foreshadowing babe. Yeah, I guess. We had to be introduced to him so we would know who he is now. I guess. He just kind of, he just kind of doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Yeah. See, I wrote a a meh face next to his name. (laughs) A meh face. That is a meh face. Fudge. And you should be happy about fudge, but not this fudge. I've got a meh face. Yeah, normally. Normally you'd be happy about fudge. At fudge you get six flags from the fudgery. Fudgery. So, yeah, he gets stopped by fudge. and Harry thinks that he's Oh, they caught me. They caught me here. They're going to drag me off to prison now. 
But yeah, I liked it because Stan still kept calling him Neville. Mm -hmm. Like even after he realized, oh, that's not Neville, that's Harry Potter. Oh, okay, bye, Neville. They were more Stan and uh, Ernie were more impressed with the fact that Cornelius Fudge was there. Yeah. I mean, they were kind. Of, they were starstruck by him. They thought, oh, we're letting this Neville nobody off the bus. But look who's here! The Minister of Magic! Himself, in his green suit! And then when they find out that Harry is who he is, then they they're just can't handle themselves. Yeah, they're, they're, then, then the lingo gets really bad. Right, their brain st stops like, functioning. What does it say? <laughs> anyway, so Fudge takes him inside and they get a private room to talk. And apparently everything's fine. He tells Harry, yeah, oh, we took care of it. We yeah. dispatched a, a, a team to your house. They punctured your aunt and deflated uh -huh. her. Cha uh, memory modified. They mm. modified her memory. And your uncle, aunt and uncle are pretty mad, but they said they'll take you back next summer. It's no big deal. As long, long as you stay at Hogwarts for <laughs> Easter and Christmas. I always stay at Hogwarts for Easter and Christmas. Yeah, and Harry was like, I don't want to go back. You don't understand. And Fudge is like, it'll be fine. Once you settle down, I'm sure you'll decide to go back. Fudge is the worst. But he just keeps like smoothing over everything and just keeps pushing on. And Harry's like, so what's my punishment? He says, oh, no, no, no punishment. It's an accident. Accidents happen. So weird. No big deal. Things Harry are... calls him out on it, though. Yeah. He's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Because I got an official warning last year when it wasn't even I me. I didn't do anything. It was a house elf. And now I did do it. And you had to do all this cleanup and mind modification. And I'm not getting punished. So I wanted to ask you about that. Fudge said that circumstances change, mm -hmm. and he also said, given the present climate. So, does Fudge feel that they need to be a little lenient in, in this case because they sense that there's maybe something really bad coming and they're going to need Harry? Do they? Is it something that Dumbledore... Is who's so respected in the wizarding world says that we need Harry. We, what? What's the? Why are they? Why are they making so many concessions here? Is it something you could say without giving it away? Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was, there is, to, I was interested to see what you were saying. So but there is. I, you know, there I is something answer. to that. There's something then. going on. Okay. So that they're Harry not just. They're not yet. just doing it like, hey man, you know, we're just more loosey goosey now. We're just a fun loving. Uh, uh, corporation now. You know, we don't really... No. He knows that, you know, they're not being consistent. And there is a reason. And that's something that Harry... I mean, Harry's realizing this too. So he's going to really start searching for answers. And so we'll find out when he finds out. There's, there's a game being played here. Mm -hmm. Because t to me, it kind of seems like, you know, the first Wizarding War ended when baby Harry stopped Voldemort. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, World War One when that when it first happened, they called it the Great War. They didn't call it World War One because they didn't know that another one was coming. But then, you know, things start ramping up and you start to kind of see the writing on the wall that, that 
things could you know potentially go that way again it just it kind of seems to me not not knowing what's what's the actual reasoning is behind this that the higher-ups know that they need Harry for that he was so integral in the stopping of the first one that if something like that happens again they might need that weapon that worked the first time uh, again so we can't you know be sending him to Azkaban or punishing him when he really should be punished you know given the the doctrine given the, the rules you know even though his family is jerks yeah he should have some kind of punishment well I think there's there's another thing though he didn't do a spell he didn't have his wand he didn't it was just he can and they say this with kids too when they're wizard kids <laughs> that they um puppies up um that they can do magic unintentionally like even without their wand so it was just something he got angry and he couldn't control he didn't do it intentionally he didn't even know he was doing it at first so I don't know. There's got to be some kind of leniency there, but we don't even get to that part. We just we're just pushing it all under the rug because of other things. Mm-hmm. And Harry is going to stay in a room at the Leaky, Leaky Cauldron, cauldron. Uh, and Fudge even goes as far as to say, "Don't go out into Muggle London. Stick to Diagon Alley. Then when school starts, go you know." You're going to go to, go to school? Don't go out after dark. Yeah, it was... Well, he he's a kid, have, like, the, the, and he's staying at a hotel like, by himself. Yeah. I mean, he's got to have some rules. That's, that's not that odd, but it's still a little suspicious, it is. given everything else that's going on. The other thing that was suspicious, too, is Harry asked, Hey, you know, <laughs> while I got Cornelius Fudge being all nice to me, this guy's like the biggest name you know, authority Head, figure yeah. in the wizarding world. I couldn't get my, you know... He kind of plays it off like he didn't get a chance to, too. Yeah. Like, oh, I left before they could sign my form I for couldn't get my Hogsmeade. jerky foster parents to sign the form to let me go to Hogsmeade since I, you know, I'm a third year and I can do that now. But surely you, being the Minister of Magic, could allow me to do that. And you know what? Fudge plays it off like, you know, rules are rules. Even I have to follow the rules, which we know is not true. (laughs) We know that Cornelius Fudge could change these rules. We know that Cornelius Fudge could override these rules by signing his form. But Fudge even, there's even a little passing comment there where he says something like, you know, it's probably best for you to just not go to, it wouldn't be the worst thing if you don't get to go to Hogsmeade. It's almost like they really want Harry to be very uh, localized. They want him to be in certain places at certain times where they can kind of keep an eye on him. So there's, that's just like a little passing comment there where Cornelius kind of plays off like he doesn't have the authority to do that. And we all know that he could well, easily do that. He is, but it also just doesn't make sense. He makes the point that you know, I'm not your parent or legal guardian. It has to be your parent or legal guardian. Would you take a permission slip signed by the president? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the parents would be mad at you for letting the kid do it's something. It's the president. Listen, 
I'm gonna let Harry go to Hogsmeade. He's gonna have a great time. Everybody knows that I have the best times planned for everybody. But it's not a good idea. We're gonna build Mr. a wall around Hogsmeade. So nobody can get in or out. Unless we want them to. We don't want the undesirables in Hogsmeade. No, not you. Not you. Your organization's terrible. Your organization's terrible. Let's go. Go ahead. Quiet. Quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. No, I'm not going to give you a question. I'm not going to give you a question. You are fake news. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yep. All right. Good. Fantastic. <laughs> We're past that. So, yeah, Spudge won't sign it. He says it's probably not a good idea anyway, which is just more suspicious talk. And now here's really, hmm. But he's curious on what's going on. But he's also looking forward to two free weeks mm -hmm. hanging out in Diagon Alley. At Hedwig's Doing back. whatever he wants. Yeah, and his owl came back. Mm -hmm. What an intuitive owl you have. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at, at the end of Chapter 3. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up this episode? No, I think we covered it. So that was Chapter 3, The Night Bus. Yes, it's over. Uh, the Night we're Bus. We're past the Night Bus. Is, is over. Night Bus doesn't show up any anymore? No, it was a bad idea. Hmm. We uh, did they add a Night Bus at Universal Studios. Didn't yeah. they? Yeah, we played. I don't on remember it. It, it. I don't remember it being purple. No, though. it was red. Okay. In the movies, it's red. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. It's only purple. So I'm not. No, I'm not crazy because I was while I was reading the chapter, they said it was purple, and I'm looking up pictures of it online. Every picture I saw online was purple, but it was red in the movies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was red I, in the movies. I thought that the one at Universal Studios was red, but I, then I thought that maybe I was crazy. No. Yeah, you look I'm confused sure right now. Red. I think I, I think I, uh, uh, stand no, stand shumpiked your brain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't, know. We'll I don't remember there being beds on it though. We'll have an like, I remember playing on the bus, but I don't remember there being beds. Gotcha. But I don't know. Maybe we couldn't go in. We just stood on the outside part of it. I believe that is correct. Uh, they are building some new new stuff at Universal. New uh, a new uh, Hagrid ride, I think. Yeah. Which I guess we got to go again. Yes. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. If you are listening week to week with us, we apologize. We hopefully will not take this much of a sabbatical between Chapter Three and Chapter Four of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And if you have any uh, thoughts or questions on the show, we'll give you a shout-out on air. Just send us uh, your emails at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or leave us a message on our Facebook page. Or you can tweet me. I'm at Dan Rhino. You're at Jess Rhino? Yes. Uh, you can send us your questions on Twitter as well and follow us. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review. Uh, that really helps the show. You can leave reviews on facebook or you can leave them on apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you use it helps uh just up our profile a little bit so makes it easier for people to find us and uh, hopefully go along this journey with us as i'm reading the books for the first time and jess is reading the books for the 39th time, oh, 39th time. how many how many, right. how many times have you read the book i don't know honestly I really too many to count 
So for our current puppies and for our brand new puppy who is currently chewing up a blanket, so we gotta go. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you next time.